You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says Podcast, starring S. Anthony Thomas. <laughs> you lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. Go! Okay, you weird bastards. I'm actually in the car now. I'm actually waiting for somebody inside of a building. Uh, you know, it's just really weird being, you know, you, you sit, it's really weird. You sit in your car and you look outside and you see, you see life kind of passing by around you. People are living their lives, doing their thing, going here, shopping, living, loving. You know, you see a couple, you know, getting it on. Well, not really actually getting it on, but feeling each other up. You know, you see a guy, you know, you know, uh, with his wife and uh, or his girlfriend, he gives her a kiss and he gives her that long butt squeeze. Or you know, a couple walking down the street, they got their hands in each other's pockets, and it's weird. I mean, like we said, when you're looking out, and it's, it's it's weird because no one really pays attention to you when you're sitting in your car. If you're walking down the street, it's almost like you're participating with the world. But when you're sitting in your car, you know, it's it's almost like you're in the timeout box, like in hockey or something like that. You know, because you're in a vehicle that should be going someplace, but right now you're waiting for someone else. They're participating in life and you're waiting for them. You know, everybody else is participating in life and going around, doing their things, living, loving, walking around, going shopping, talking on the phone. And you're sitting in the car waiting for somebody else (laughs) to do what they're doing. It's weird how that works. And it's weird how similar that is to the way some people live their lives just in general. You know, you're sitting there waiting for somebody else to do something. You're waiting for somebody else, you know, to accomplish their goals while you sit there and you do nothing. You know, you could turn on the car radio and listen to the car radio, but, you know, you don't want to do that. Because if you were going to do that, you wouldn't have been taking the time to notice the people around you. You would have been so enthralled in what was being said on the radio that you wouldn't give a crap when anybody else was, was doing, you know. But you sit there quiet and you just kind of watch. It's kind of like when, when I, I remember I was in an airplane, like that's, a, like, yeah, well, who, who hasn't been? But I remember one particular time I was coming back or, no, was I going to, I, I don't know. I was flying from one coast to the other, okay? I don't know which direction I was going and who cares at this point. And I looked down and it was really weird how you looked down and everybody looked like ants. And you could see a bunch of homes and you could see cars moving by and all this kind of stuff. And you just kind of looked down. And you realize right now I'm not participating in the world. Everything else is going on around down there. People are living their lives and doing everything that they need to do. And I'm not participating at all. I'm in the process of going from one place to another. And when the plane lands, I'll immediately begin participating in life. But it's like you're unplugged. And it's the same thing when you're in your car and you're watching everybody else. You're unplugged and everybody else is doing things. The only difference is. It's temporary, like in about 15, 20 minutes, whenever my friend gets out of the damn store, they're going to get back in the car. I'm going to drop them off where they needed to go. And then I'm going to go on and participate in life again. It's weird. But sometimes, like I said, and many times before, there's a lot of times where we're, metaphorically speaking, sitting in the car, waiting for somebody else to do something, (laughs) right? Waiting for them to accomplish the thing that they want to accomplish while, while we're never doing anything. We're just sitting there waiting for them. You know, we're at their service. Which is fine if it's one of those things where it's reciprocal. Where, you know, right now I'm waiting for this person to do something. And I know for a fact that this person 
you know, if I needed something, they would do something for me. So essentially, even though I'm not participating right now, I'm participating in the relationship, which is, you know, there's some reciprocity there. They will do the same for me. But sometimes you're in a relationship and many people know what I'm talking about, where you're waiting for somebody else and they never do anything for you. It doesn't matter. You're kind of a utility. They, you know, you're waiting for them. They'll call you to, for you to help them out with something, to live something, to move something, to borrow some money. And then they either pay it back or they don't. But either way, it puts you out and no, there's no thank yous. There's no anything. Yeah. I'm sitting here right now and I'm seeing a plane fly by. Probably a couple hundred people on that plane. You know, and right now they're not participating in life. Right now, the husbands, the wives, the kids are down on the ground, living their lives, doing their thing. And this person is just sitting on an airplane, floating by. In those five or six hours that they're going to be in the plane, they're not really doing anything productive. Most people aren't, you know, Wall Street people or performing surgery while they're on the plane. They're just sitting there waiting, you know, hoping that the pilot doesn't smash the plane into something accidentally or some kind of thing doesn't happen. But they're not participating. In life. And then, you know, I know how that feels, don't you? You know, <laughs> you know, you, you're just sitting there and you're waiting for somebody else to do something, you know. I mean, technically, I could just turn the car on and drive to a pizza shop, have a slice of pizza, or I could do what I'm doing now, which is record a segment for my podcast. So technically, I am not actually being unproductive right now. I'm a podcaster, so I'm recording a segment for my podcast right now. I'm making this time productive. That's my choice. But a lot of times we don't make the choice to make time that could be productive, actually productive. You sit back and you wait for the other person in the store getting the stuff they want to get the stuff they want so we can drive them home. Hell, sometimes you don't even get in, They don't even buy you a fucking soda. <laughs> yeah, you see, you see people in relationships and, you know, the, the wife puts the husband through school. You know, and then he gets his degree and he becomes a doctor, a lawyer or whatever the hell it is. And then all of a sudden he decides he has to have this new hot thing, this new hot woman. And there's women that do the same thing. They get their executive position and their husband's not cool anymore. He's not sophisticated enough. He's not good enough for her anymore. But he's the one that puts you on his shoulders and got you to where you're going. That shows you something character-wise about the person. I'm willing to give up a big chunk of my life, five, six, seven years, however many years it took to get you where you need to go because I care so much about you, I want you to get those things that you dreamed about. And then sometimes those people go, yeah, that's nice. It was really nice. Uh, now that I have what I want, you can go bleep yourself because I'm a different person now because I have the things that I want. And I think I'm better than you now. <laughs> I've actually had friends that did that to me. A lot of them didn't even realize that I made phone calls for them to get them work in different places because I had relationships that they, I had built relationships that they um, weren't aware of. And I made phone calls. Yeah, you should, you should take this guy out. Yeah, you know what? You know, you don't even got to audition. Just book him. He's good. They, don't have, they have no idea. And it wasn't, it's not for them to know because I didn't, I didn't make the phone call. I didn't recommend them because I was trying to get something. I was doing it because they were a friend of mine and I, I could help them. At that point in time, I could do something for them. I could make a phone call and I could get them work. And there was no reciprocity, even though I wasn't looking for it, but I just noticed that it wasn't there. And a couple of them have gone on to become people that if I mentioned their names, you would know who they are. And although they respect me artistically, I can no longer assist them in their careers. And so 
they're in the store and I'm sitting in the car. You know, except for in this case, they snuck out the other side of the store and said, fuck them. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and got a ride in the cab someplace else. And I'm still sitting there. What the fuck? Wait, God damn it. I'm sitting there waiting. For, he left. What the fuck? What? <laughs> you know, but I don't have any ill will towards the people. I mean, I, I really don't, because when I see somebody become successful, I know how hard it is to be. I know how hard it is to become successful, even on the level where I am now. And when you become massively successful, I know how tough it is. It has to be exponentially more. So I know how tough it is. So they got where they, they deserve to be where they are, you know. But they forgot that I was sitting outside of the store. Now, the difference is be me being me. I'm the kind of person that would go, okay, they've been in there 20 minutes. Let me go take a look. Are they not in here anymore? All right, I guess I make a phone call. Well, they left. They left a note for you. What's the note say? Said, uh, talk to you later. I'm, I got to go someplace. Oh, so they didn't come back out to the car and tell me that they left? Eh, whatever. And I get in my car and I go about my business. You know, I don't hold, uh, I don't hold grudges. I really just don't. Grudges are kind of a waste of time. You know, grudges are just dumb. You know, because you're sitting there giving the power to somebody else. You're giving somebody else the power to make you feel bad. You're giving somebody else the power to make you feel like shit. And I don't believe in that. I believe in getting pissed off if somebody does you wrong. I believe in that. But to me, instead of holding a grudge, I just like to get rid of people, you know? I have people right now that did some, some bad stuff to me, and they, they, and, they, and they go, you know, I thought you were going to say something bad about me. I said, no, I don't have to say anything bad about you. For me to say something bad about you requires me to think about you on a regular basis. And to think about you on a regular basis means you're a part of my life, even though it would be only on an emotional level. But once you do a bad thing to me, if you lie to me, waste my time, do something horrible, I'll be mad for a moment and I'll allow myself to feel the anger so it does not come back again at another time. So it does not make me act in a negative way towards someone else, because I hate that when someone's mad at someone else, you show up and then they take it out on you. I refuse to do that to people. I'll even tell people, says, you know what? I'm mad right now. I don't want to take it out on you. Just give me some space. I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll talk to you in a couple of hours. But I don't want to, I don't hold grudges. Grudges are dumb. I just get rid of people. Now, I don't do it often, you know, I mean, because I, you know, I'm, I'm a loyal guy. But if I can't trust your punk ass, like I said, if you lie to me, you steal money from me, you cheat on me, you do some kind of horrible thing like that, please, your punk ass is gone. You know, and much like a uh, much like those uh, dollar store uh, parking lots. It has those spikes where you can't back back into the store. Once you leave the parking lot, you have to stay out of the parking lot. You're not allowed back in the parking lot. And that's how I am. It takes a lot for me to get rid of you. But once I tell you to go, once I say get the hell out, once I say it's time for you to step. Oh, you got to go. Don't bother calling back. Don't bother coming back. Step off. You know, hold on. I'm going to do something here real quick. Getting kind of stuffy in here. Had to open up the damn windows. So you're going to start hearing some um, street sounds. It's getting a little stuffy in here. I don't even mind sitting in the car sometimes, you know. Like I said, sometimes people don't even notice that... uh, don't even notice that you're uh, that you're there. You'll overhear you'll overhear a lot of different things, a lot of weird things. I shouldn't say weird, but you'll overhear, you know, people fighting. You know, because you always see you see couples sometimes, and they have the uh, 
They have the body language of somebody that's fighting, and you know they're fighting, but they're trying to act like they're not fighting, which is what I just saw a couple seconds ago. You know, and I don't mean physically fighting. They, they're not trying to whip each other's ass. But I mean, you know how couples are when they're they're together. They're mad at each other. You know, you know a couple when they're mad at each other and then they show up at the party because they're obliged to show up at the party or because they, they like the person who's throwing the party and they don't want to, you know, have to answer any questions as to why they didn't come to the party. <laughs> right. And you sit there and they start doing <laughs> and you watch the passive aggressive battle royal that goes out between these two dumbasses, you know. Hey, honey, can you uh, can you pass me the salt? Mm-hmm. Here, and she's like rolls it across the table, right? And then somebody else, and then he hands the salt back, and he looks at her, like what's he? And gives it look. What are you doing? You know, he doesn't make any vocal sounds, but you see the body language. Is it really seriously? And then he hands her the salt back, and then someone else asks asks for the salt, and then she hands this person the salt with. 57 times the graciousness that's necessary. Here, Bob, I'm gladly holding the salt for you because you care about people. <laughs> and the husband's like, okay, come on. You know, and then he starts doing the same kind of thing, you know. She wants to sit down, he doesn't hold the chair for her. Then some other lady comes in, oh, you know what, let me help you out, sit down, because you know, a real lady, you know, a real woman needs, needs a man. You know, the, the last thing a real woman would want to do is show, act like a man isn't necessary. You know, and he's sitting there going, "What are we props in this? What is this? The the uh, the, fr- the fringe festival here, where the you know the the fringe festival where they have those plays where they actually do do plays, not necessarily in theaters, they actually do plays in the street, or they'll do plays in in odd locations, or they actually do pop up plays. They'll start doing a play spontaneously or something like that. That's what the fringe festival is, and it's like you're at the fringe festival where the people, <laughs> a play just." bust out out of nowhere it's like you're in the like somebody starts doing tony and tina's wedding or some crap and you're in the middle of it at the at the dinner party where you have this couple fighting you know and you go, is this one of those whodunit mystery type things what the hell's going on here and that's what it feels like to sit in this car right now i'm literally seeing people behave in ways that they would not behave if i actually got out of this car right now instead of just sitting in the seat here and talking to you guys if i actually got out of this car right now and just kind of you know how you sit on you sit you lean on your own car on the, on the driver's side of the hood. And you're just kind of looking out at the world. If I did that, I literally would change the behavior of about 30 people right now because they're all having these comments. You can see people fighting and one guy's taking a piss on the wall over there. I have no idea why he's doing that because there's a whole lot. He, I, I'm, he's, he's about 15 feet away from a camera. And I'm sitting there going, you just whipped your, you know, your, your deal out in front of a camera, you know? Go into McDonald's and buy a sweet tea for a buck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and, and this is not a homeless guy. This is not a homeless guy. This is like a, like a regular, you know, guy who has a job and a nice car, which means you can afford the dollar at the freaking McDonald's and just go in there and buy something for a dollar instead of pissing on a wall. <laughs> that's the thing that's hilarious, though, is that people don't even don't even understand uh, at this point in time that there are cameras everywhere. Because I'm looking around. I can see a whole bunch of cameras here. You know, I'm just observing things as I sit here, you know, and I know this is kind of a weird segment. Normally I have tons, I have a bunch of jokes in the, in the segment. Normally I have a bunch of uh, topics that I wanted to talk about. I usually know what I want to talk about before I return, before I even turn the microphone on. This time, quite frankly, I just wanted to talk to you guys and spend some time with you cats the same way I would spend time with you if you were actually in the car with me, you know. Unless you're, you know, unless unless you're a pain in the ass, in which case, uh, this segment would be me going. You need to shut the hell up and get out, and then I would pull off, and then you'd be mad at me. Okay, I wouldn't do that to anybody. 
It's, what else is really weird about people being in the car is that cars are kind of like alcohol in a way insofar as when the person's behind the wheel of a car it kind of turbo boosts whatever their actual personality is you know I had a girlfriend that didn't get drunk much and she was a really she was a sweetheart of a person not compatible with me which is why we're not together anymore but I don't have any bad things necessarily to say about her um, nor would I really unless I change some I mean when I talk about girlfriends I change a little bit of the information just for the privacy sake but the, but the crux of the story is, is, the, is the truth but like I said cars are like alcohol she was the kind of person that when she got drunk and it didn't happen often it happened on her birthday and it happened on New Year's Eve and I don't drink so she, she felt comfortable she knew she wasn't going to get attacked that I wouldn't let anything happen to her and she knew she didn't have to drive because I usually drove especially you know when she wanted to drink I would be the one driving but the thing about it is when a person is drunk, a lot of times they'll say mean things, but it's a generic mean thing and the kind of mean thing where you can't really take it personally. You're a piece of shit. And you know the person doesn't mean that. They're just being an ass. But she was one of those per- people that when she got blasted, not a little buzzed, but when she got drunk, what she would do is she was specific and bring up, she would bring up things she was really upset about. Didn't bother telling you when she was sober, when you could have talked about it. She would bring up stuff that was really upsetting her, but be vicious about it. Okay, somebody's vacuuming their car, so I'm going to uh, hold on for hold on for a second. I have to, I'm going to roll these windows up because uh, they're actually uh, vacuuming out their car, and that shit is loud as fuck. But they would, uh, but they would. Um, she would bring up stuff because I remember uh, what happened was I went to we went to a different country uh, on a trip and were, we went to an area that was kind of a, a poor area of, of the um, of the of the city of that country. And there were all these these little kids asking for money, 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 money. But these kids had these kids were not asking for money. Well, the way the, the way I want to say it is that these kids still had even though they were asking for money from strangers, they had some pride to them. There was still some. Like, I'm asking for this money, but, you know, there was pride there. It wasn't like, oh, I'm so, I'm so, it's so, oh, woe is me. They had pride with them. So I gave literally, uh, I, I mean, I, obviously I had money that I wasn't going to give up because I needed it to get back and to do things that I needed to do. But I had some extra money and I made sure I carried extra money just in case. So I broke them off. I, I, I literally, all the kids that came up to me, the little kids, I gave them money, you know, and they didn't even ask for that much. So I was able to literally break off every one of those kids some money. But the thing is, I kind of palmed it to the kid, you know, like, here's the money, you know, you know, the same way when you when you get work at a comedy club, the, the club owner never like if they pay you in cash. What do they do is they'll give you that that really uh, uh, that really secret handshake, which really is not a secret. <laughs> Everybody's it's like the drug dealer handshake. And so I gave them the, I palmed money off to the kids and you could see that the, the pile of kids around me slowly shrink as they got the little money and walked off. Thank you, Mr. You know, whatever. And, you know. And I think that was probably the only English that the kids knew. And but the thing was, because I did that, she didn't see me giving money to the kids. She just saw the kids walking away and she could have asked me, did you give money to those kids? But she didn't say anything about it. So later on that evening, we're, we're back on the boat and we're, we're, we're going and she got drunk and she goes, as if you have no compassion. I saw those children around you and you didn't give them any money. I can't believe you're the kind of person. I used to think that you were a great guy, but you're a fucking asshole. You're a piece of shit. I, I should just, you should, fuck you. I hate you. You should have, you fucking jerk off. You're, and she just kept going on and on and on. And I'm looking at her like, what the hell is this shit? 
And her friends, who were not as drunk as her, were looking at her like, what the fuck? And then she turned around and started hammering them on specific stuff, telling secrets and shit. (laughs) And I'm going, what the fuck is this? What is this shit? You know, and that's what alcohol did to her. It brought out what she what she really thought, what she really thought of people. And it's the same thing with what happens to cars. If you're a hothead, you're going to be a hothead in the car. I'm genuinely, genuinely and generally a mild tempered person at this point in my life. Um, I was a bit of a hothead in my 20s, but not. I mean, I wouldn't whoop anybody's ass unless they tried to hit me. But I would like you. Mother, blah, blah, blah. I would I would I would scream on people every once in a while. Now it's like, look, I don't give a shit. If you cut me off in traffic, if you don't hit my car and if I if you don't cause an accident, I I. And, pe- and this is not just me talking. People who've ridden, the car, ridden in the car with me when I'm driving will tell you. I'm driving, somebody cuts me off. I've had people in the cars cursing when I'm like, yeah, 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 that guy's gone. Let's get back to what we're talking about. Guy cut me off in traffic, viciously cut me off. And all I did, I, I, this, is how, this is how I broke my sentence in the car with my uncle. Yeah, you know, and I, I really think that, uh, you know, this, that, this, that, this, that. Whoa. Anyway, but, but, and that was it. He goes, man, if my wife was in the car when that shit happened, She'd be yelling. She'd be screaming. I said, yeah, well, you know, he didn't hit the car. I saw him coming. I moved out of the way. He didn't hit us. You're fine. I'm fine. I don't give a shit. Because, you know, but you see people that will tailgate you. Now, the person that tailgates you in the car is the same person that stands too close to you at the ATM. It's the same person that makes a lot of noises. That does that when you're in the in the supermarket. You know, when you're not paying fast enough because you couldn't possibly pay fast enough because you exist. Some people are like that. You can't be fast enough because you exist. They just want you to not exist until they get to the counter. You know, and that's a funny thing, man. You know, you see a lot of things when you observe people, you know. Even though we're animals as human beings, you could tell a lot about the plumage that we have. We're kind of like peacocks in a way, you know. Like, I drive a Toyota Camry. I'm not trying to be flashy. I just want something that won't break down until it last until I decide to get another vehicle. It looks nice. It's cute. You know, everybody that, that saw me come up with the, the car, like, hey, your car is cute. I say, hey, thanks a lot. And then that's it. I don't have big rims on it. I don't have, you know, lots of wackiness on it. I didn't even do anything special to it. I just, when I turn the key, it always comes on. When I turn it off, it goes off. It doesn't break down. It doesn't cause me any mechanical problems, except for the one I talked about a few podcasts ago, which was a complete fluke. I ain't trying to draw attention to myself, but sometimes you'll see like right now. And the only reason I'm bringing this up right now is because I'm seeing a guy who, you know how you take a a sports utility vehicle and you add chrome highlights to it. This cat looks like, I mean, it literally looks like he bought chrome highlights and attached a little bit of SUV to it because this shit is stupid looking. (laughs) I wish I had my camera. So I could take it because I literally I would take a picture of this shit and I would put it on the on the main podcast site. I would just put that picture with the description of the site. And then when you listen to this, you'd I'd go go to the S. Anthony says dot com so you can see the picture of this jackass's SUV who looked like he threw his he covered a little SUV and crazy goo and rolled it through a chrome factory because that shit looks stupid. But the person wants to draw attention to themselves. There ain't nothing wrong with drawing attention to yourself if you do something. But God damn, that is ridiculous. I mean, he would look less stupid if he walked around naked with his balls covered in Christmas lights. That would look less dumb than what the fuck that vehicle looks like right now. Okay, let me roll the window back down again because it's getting stuffy as fuck in here. Hold on. Yeah, damn it. But that's the thing, man. You know, 
It's really, this is really what you observe when you just sit back and watch people. You know, you see kindness too. You see kindness. I see some kindness out there. I just saw a guy walk an old lady across the street. That's kind of a cliche kindness, but it's kindness nonetheless. And it's good to see. You see good things happening around you. You see people do good things to each other and, you know, makes you feel good. Makes you feel good. It really does. Even, even small things like watching these people right now orderly, in an orderly fashion, take their cars out of the parking lot, back into traffic, giving each other, letting each other go in. You know, cut though. Yep, yeah, no, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. That's a good thing to see. And the funny thing about it is, if we actually just did that on a regular basis, all of us just fucking did that. Let let somebody in. You know, no, you go ahead. Okay, thanks a lot. If we actually ran the world like that, how I mean, how easy this shit would be? It's a little consideration for like one other person. <laughs> you know, hold the elevator for somebody. You know, let her help a little lady across the street. You know. Leave a note on the television telling your wife that she looks nice when she's asleep. I did that once. I left. It. I did. I'm not married, but I had a girlfriend that I lived with, and she was sleeping. And man, I always thought she was a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. But she was sleeping, and she looked, you know, she looked so gorgeous. It was like she was posed, and I just stood there looking at her like, God damn, you know, Jesus Lord, that woman is gorgeous. And I wrote, I forgot what I wrote, cause this was a long time ago. And I left a note on um, like a sticky on the television. You know, and it felt good to write down what I was feeling on that sticky note that I put on the television. And I knew for I see I knew her well and I knew that I would that she would be smiling her head off all day long. And I knew she would take that sticky note off and show it to her friends. So that's why I felt good to put that sticky note. I didn't have to do that. We had a good night. We had we got it on all night long. We had a great time. We had a fun time at the party. You know, we got we just demolished each other in the bedroom. Not to be gross about it, but we, 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 we uh, destroyed each other. OK, it was great. So she was, you know, I was going to work. I was going to go tell jokes to strangers. No, she was going to go to her job that she loved. Did I mention we destroyed each other the night before? So that's how that was, man. That's, that's exactly what was going on. It was great. And I left a note and she, you know, she left me a nice uh, uh, message on, on, you know, and, and it, was, it was cool. It felt good. I just did a little thing and she was happy all day because I just left a fucking note telling her that she looked good. And she did. Now, I didn't tell her that I pulled uh I pulled the cover off of her and looked at her butt and said, yum, I didn't tell her that. I, okay, I pulled the cover back, I said, yum, and then I, 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 I kind of kissed her butt a little bit, kissed her butt cheeks a little bit, but I mean, that's, all right, okay, look, look, if you listen to me and you, 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 you follow me on Twitter, you know I love women's behinds, and yeah, that was my woman, I had sex with her the night before, she was asleep, she sleeps hard, I pulled the cover back and I kissed her butt, okay, don't judge me, shut up. But the main thing is I did something nice for her and, and uh, it felt good. It's like it felt good to me right now when I looked and watched that guy walk, watch the old... Okay, here we go with the fucking uh, vacuum again. Hold on. God damn it. Like I always say, if you're going to park waiting for a friend to come out of the store, never park near somebody who's vacuuming their car. So how dirty is your car? God damn, you got bodies in that car or some shit? Oop. It turns out I've got a call. Mr. Thomas has got a call. That's my cell phone. Hold on, please. Hold on, my podcast audience. I'm going to find out whether I'm going to continue this rapper or whether I'm going to let you listen to the phone call. Hello? Hello? Okay, I'll come to get you now. Okay, I'll come to get you now. All right. Well, folks, that was this episode or this segment of 
me talking to my podcast friends while I wait for somebody to get their ass out of the store. Their ass is now out of the store. And this segment is over. (laughs) It was nice hanging with you. Segment over. Okay, my friends, I just wanted to add this little section to the podcast today. Uh, I want to give a special shout out and thank you to Dan Lizette at the Podcast Digest. Gave me a wonderful review, wonderful mentions of the program. He he loves this show, which I really appreciate. He actually went back, listened to five or six of the episodes, gave me one of the best reviews I've gotten in a long time. I just want to say to Dan, thank you very, very much. I dig your show as well. It's called the Podcast Digest. So my pod fam, my my pod army, I want you to go and check out his show. It's called the Podcast Digest. And you can listen to it at the podcastdigest.info. If you want to hear his review of my show, it's episode number six. But after you listen to episode number six, continue to listen. He's going to keep doing shows. He's going to keep giving good info on what podcast you should listen to. I mean, let's be honest, the guy loves my podcast, so obviously the man is a genius with good taste, damn it. So go listen to episode six, listen to the review of this show that you already love, damn it. And then listen to the rest of his shows, because we support people here in the, in the S. Anthony Army, damn it. You go listen to this man. <laughs> in all seriousness, Dan, I want to thank you very much. I really appreciate it, man. I appreciate you listening to a bunch of my shows, you know, getting in depth about it, paying attention to it. And then letting me know that you appreciate it. I appreciate it because I know that uh, you also are a solo podcaster. And it's wonderful to get a compliment from someone who understands what you do. And I appreciate your work and I appreciate your kind words. His show is at the podcast digest, di- the podcast digest dot info. It's called the podcast digest. Go check it out. I command you. Well, hello, hello, you sick bastards. This is the S Machine. I'm outside again. Yes, I record some of this stuff outside when I'm not home. And uh, you've are, if you've listened to the podcast, the last couple of ones, uh, you probably heard a lot of stuff from me uh, recording in the car. And this episode will be no different. <laughs> I'm outside even right now because uh, I needed some fresh air. And uh, you know what I want to talk to you cats about is... um. You know, when you see NFL, like the NFL players, and I'm not going to talk about the controversy of Adrian Peterson and Ray Rice because I've did I've done podcast segments about that already. So just go back and listen to that shit. But what I wanted to talk about is the way that the NFL, the biggest, most powerful sports league in our country, is the one with the contract where they could literally just throw your ass out if they want to. Literally, they could just can your ass. You, they could just go. You know what? Um, we didn't like that. Get out. They can cut you. You know, they just you get out. And if you're in a non-married relationship, it's exactly the same thing. Non-married relationships and NFL contracts are almost exactly the same thing. Once a person doesn't like what you do or you do something that they're not cool with, they can throw you out and that's it. It's as if nothing ever happened. <laughs> it really is. You know, Ray Rice, you did something, get out. You're cut, you're out of the league. Adrian Peterson, get out. Now, granted, those two dudes deserve to get the ass whooping that they got, but I'm talking about this is the simple fact that the contract could be just blown out like that, you know like I said, girlfriend doesn't like what you did, get out don't like you anymore, don't talk to me anymore, you're done boyfriend doesn't like what you did we are not talking anymore, I don't know what you're talking about, yeah that was yesterday, this is the day, get out bus going by, <laughs> people waving at me and shit <laughs> seeing a guy with a microphone, yay uh <laughs> 
But, uh, you know, and and also like in NFL contracts, relationships with the way they're similar is the signing bonus. Because everybody talks about how much money these football players make. And they go, well, Frank Johnson signed a $100 million deal. If you know anything about NFL contracts, Frank Johnson is not getting $100 million. Okay? It's not going to happen. Anytime there's a contract that's that long, what you're getting is the signing bonus and maybe some of the rest of the money. Because you're not usually when they have a contract that long, you know, a lot of times the player doesn't last to the end of that contract. What you need to know is, no, 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 I don't care what the contract is, how many years, blah, blah. What was the signing bonus? Because that's what you're really getting. And it's the same thing in relationships. The signing bonus in relationships, non-married relationships for the most part, is the person's physical beauty, their physical attractiveness, and the sex you get in the beginning of the relationship. Because it's a big blast of sex, a big blast of, wow, they're attractive, a big blast of, how nice is this person? You get all of that right up front, just like a signing bonus in the NFL. You get all this money up front. Here's a big chunk of bread. Look at that guy. Look at all that money. Ha ha. And this contract, I know we gave you a certain amount of million, but the overall contract is worth this amount of money. <laughs> and they know, damn, well, you are never going to get the rest of that money. They know that. They're not stupid. And if somehow you do get all the rest of that money, it just means that you played so much better than you were expected to play. You just won championship after championship. Everything went perfectly. And their careers like that. Joe Montana. You know, their careers like that. Michael Jordan, when you just once you once you got into the game and got good, you just devastated everything. And everything worked out perfectly. And everything is storybook and it's the greatest and it's incredible. You can hold that up as an example of what other NFL players can dream to have. And it's not gonna happen for the majority of them. Even the great ones, you're not gonna get all your money in your contracts. You know that. The smart ones know, get the signing bonus, pump up the signing bonus, get as much of the signing bonus as you can, because you know you're not getting the rest of the money. And it's the same thing in relationships. The signing bonus is their physical attractiveness. Oh, she's so fine, she's so beautiful, she's delicious, she's incredible, she's hot, she's this, she's that. Oh, look at him, look at him, he's this, he's that, he's this, ooh, look at the look at six pack, he's this, 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 he's so this, he's charming, he's this, he's that. Oh, the sex, oh, every night, oh, three times a day, four times an hour. That's what it's like in the beginning. And you think, oh, well, since we're getting it on every five minutes and um, she's, a, she's a nympho double, she's a nymphomaniacs, call her up and tell her to calm down. Oh, this is going to be great. This is what my, I might marry this girl. I'll be married to her for 60 years. It'll be 60 years of like this. Well, she's always nice to me. We get it on all the time. And she's always cooking for me and everything's great. She rubs my feet and all that. <laughs> and she's always in a good mood and she's, she's never on her period. And she doesn't go to the bathroom. Everything's great. Because <laughs> guys are fucking morons. Ladies, you're idiots also. He's always, he always gives me flowers every night and, and he always rubs my, rubs my back and he thinks my friends are funny and he thinks he's charming and he, and he doesn't even like football. He doesn't even know what football is. Because <laughs> you're a fucking moron. That's the signing bonus. That's the amount you get up front. That's the good stuff you get right in the beginning. And you think it's always going to be like that. Why? Because you're an idiot. You think it's going to be 60 years of that? Are you nuts? No, it's the signing bonus. It makes you think that it's going, what it's going to be like. But no, you're never going to have a contract that has that in it. It's never going to be that all the way through. And if you think it is, you, sir, you, ma'am, are a moron. When you get that big signing bonus in the NFL, you get the big blast up front and your salary goes down to nothing. If you actually look at the yearly salary of football players that have big signing bonuses, you'll see that these, these multi-million dollar guys are making a couple hundred grand a year. Why? Because they got a big chunk of money up front and the rest of the money is spread out to the year 2075. 
for salary cap purposes. Relationships. Oh, she's so beautiful. She's so beautiful. Yes, the beauty is incredible up front until six months later when you've been seeing her every day. Yes, she's still physically as beautiful as she was, but you're now used to it. You could be dating Angelina Jolie, Halle Berry. You could be dating the most beautiful women on the planet. Six months later, she's your girlfriend. You've seen that face every day. You've seen that perfect body every day. Not a big deal anymore. You could be dating the best looking guys in the world. Model this guy, model that guy. His six pack, he's this pack, he's this. Guess what? After you've seen it, after you've been there a whole lot of times, it really doesn't matter anymore. You've seen his face all the time. You've seen his six pack all the time. I know women. When I did shows back in the day, I used to work at strip clubs because strip clubs paid a lot of money. I didn't realize that they paid a lot of I mean a lot of money to an 18 year old. I didn't realize it was pay, paying so much money because they wanted something on stage to kill time between the strippers. And sometimes the strippers were porn actresses. They needed something to kill time between the, you know, they didn't want the guys to be restless. So they gave you this money. Here's some money. And you go on stage and you realize dudes that just saw a woman, you know, with a leg behind her head doing backflips. Don't want to hear some dude who can't even grow a mustache tell funny stories about what happened at school. Hey, funny thing happened at school. There's another funny thing's gonna happen. I'm gonna come on that stage and kick you in your fucking mouth if you don't get off stage and bring back the booty. That's actually what one of the guys said. And I kept going back to those places again and again and again because I wanted to get good because I figured if dudes who were sitting there playing with their you-know-whats and really want to see a woman, if I could get them to stop thinking about naked women and laugh at my jokes, I would know that I was good. And eventually I got so good I could actually walk out on stage and the woman would just walk up and they were like, oh, look at that girl. And I'd walk out and they'd go, hey, it's him. And they would clap. Yeah. That's how I started to get good. <laughs> but what, but the, the, the point of the matter is, and I just wanted to give you that little bit of insight because I wanted you to know my credentials regarding being around women who were in, you know, adult films and things of that nature. These were women who on a regular basis got it on with dudes who had deals the size of houses. I mean, you know how guys are in porno films. They got stuff down there that is so huge that you aren't even jealous of it. Like if somebody's got a little more down there than you, you go, you know, I wouldn't mind having a little more. It's like seeing somebody else with a car similar to yours, but they got a, a they got the turbocharged version. Your car's great. You have no complaints about your car. Believe me, your car's perfect. You wouldn't change your car at all. But that guy has the has a better stereo system in his car, or at least one that you would like. But then you listen to your stereo and you're going, you know, my stereo's fine. I don't need somebody else's stereo. Why am, I, why am I worried about somebody else's stereo? You know? But with these guys, they were so humongous. That's like driving your car and you seeing somebody having a car like yours. But it's, but it's you know how you see those, those uh, Hummer limos where the Hummer car has been extended with 16 different, no, 18 to like 50 different f extra feet. And it's long. It's the same vehicle as yours, but they, they altered it till it's like a half a block long. And you look at it and you're going, I don't want that. The hell, who would drive that bull crap? Well, that's how huge these dudes were that were nailing these women. And you would figure a regular woman would see that thing and go, oh, my God, unless they're into that. And they would be, oh, my God, that, that's, too, that's too much. And, oh, my God, I'm good. I can't handle all of that. Well, these women do a couple of hundred films a year, and they have, which means a couple, a couple thousand times a year. They get it on with dudes with stuff that big. And I'm sure in the beginning, it was like, oh, my God, I can't deal with this. But I asked him, I said, what's the deal with dudes that are humongous like that? And they're like, look, in the beginning, it's a little rough, but and I've been doing films for six years. Eh, who cares now? It's not even a big deal. <laughs> 
So if so they they could accommodate that dude. What happens is now because they're used to the dude with that massive monster, it's not a big deal anymore. They're not impressed anymore. Like if the first time somebody saw it, they're like, "Oh my God, look at that!" Right? But if you're married to that dude, you're like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." yeah. Let's just get this over with. I got some laundry to do. Just put it in. Let's go. You get used to it. You get used to massive deals. You get used to a woman's perfect body with huge breasts. You get used to somebody's face. You get used to it, and it's not a big deal anymore. And that's how it is in relationships. It's not a big deal anymore. So they look good. So what? Who cares? You know? It doesn't matter anymore. You're not going to get the benefits of that extra thing you think you're going to get anymore. It's just his penis. It's just her perfect body. It's not going to be like it was in the beginning when it was so exciting. Oh my God, I can't wait to get my hands on that. Now it's like, eh, eh whatever. <laughs> You know, so when I look at the comparison between NFL um, contracts and relationships, I realize they're very, very similar. Like I said, it's not a big deal to cut somebody from an NFL team. It's not a, or even the league. It's not a big deal for the relationship where somebody could just cut you out of their life and throw you away like you ain't shit. There's other comparisons, too. Let's say, like, I was in a relationship. Let's, here, here's what I'm talking about. As a quarterback of a team, you're, the, you're important there. You should be the only person, when the center bends over, you should be the only person up underneath the center, if you understand what I'm saying. No one else should be up underneath the center. You're the only one that should be playing. You're the only one that should be making the, making the calls. You're the only one that should be guiding that ship. The only one. But sometimes a person gets a little greedy and they see that you threw an interception. You're not at the top of your game at this particular moment. Now, keep in mind, the team is six and oh, and this is the first quarter and you've never had any problems before. You've never had any problems before. But all of a sudden you throw one interception or work too much or you're a little tired right now. You know, you don't want to go out this weekend or you know, you need a couple of weeks just to chill because you've been working hard and this person wants to go out all the time. That's like an interception. It's not a big deal. It's a little blip. And most people go, all right, you know, let him let him chill a little bit. Or, you know, I'm not going to get upset. I mean, he is tired. He, maybe he doesn't want to go out and party this weekend. Not a big deal. But in this particular case, the person, because of a blip that most people would look over, all of a sudden had another quarterback warming up on the sideline. Throwing a ball around, you're showing him plays, and you're going, I threw an interception. We're six and zero. Oh. Why are you warming up the backup quarterback? I'm not hurt. I just threw, a, I threw one bad pass. What's the problem? <laughs> right? You've been there before. Where you just you, the person was just looking for an excuse to put the other quarterback in. There's nothing wrong with you, but they just. Well, I like the way that guy's uniform fits. I like that guy. Well, he's he's oh, he's, he's he's a little taller. Or oh, he's oh, he's two years younger. He's uh, well, he's just, well, he's uh, and this guy was even though he's a great quarterback and we, it was exciting in the beginning. We had a great time in the beginning. You know, sometimes we're having a little bit of a rough rough patch right now. So I'm just going to throw him out. When they throw you off the team. You have a little rough patch in a relationship, they throw you out of the relationship. They don't even try to fix it. They just kind of toss your punk ass out. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had one bad week. Get out. <laughs> I've been there. 
I've been there. I've been the guy that had six straight wins on a team that wasn't shit when he got there. I've been that guy. I've been the guy that threw an interception, maybe fumbled once. You know, now before you go fumble, you mean you bang someone else? No, I were. I said, you know what? I'm going to have to take these gigs and I'm going to be gone for three straight weeks. Is that okay with you? Oh, no problem. <laughs> right? When they're used to having you around all the time. And then they get, then you're away for a week or so and all of a sudden they got another guy warming up in the background. He's not up under center yet. He's not there yet. But they're looking at him and he's warming up. Week two, all of a sudden he's driving a team. Week three, your shit is now thrown out. You show back up to the practice facility and you think you're going to come back in there. Okay, great. All right, let's let's get let's go let's get this win out of the bye weeks over. Let's get this win. Um, how come my my uh, my security pass doesn't work for the front gate? I'm the quarterback of the team. Uh, no, Mr. Thomas, you're no longer the quarterback of the team. Uh, Frank Loser is not the quarterback of the team. What? How'd that happen? Well, <laughs> you, you, I don't know how it happened, but uh, we're gonna have to ask you to leave the facility, please. We're gonna have to shoot you if you don't leave. You know, don't act like you haven't been there. You've been there before. The only difference here is I knew I was a good quarterback. I mean, I was 6-0 and with a team that wasn't shit when I got there, remember? And you just throw me off the team like that? Okay. So I go. Another team sees me and they go, oh, this, oh how the hell is that available? I'll sign him right now. And they sign me to another team. And I'm assured that I'm going to be the only person driving the team. I'm the only one the center bends over. I'm the only one that's going to get up underneath the center. And it's the truth. I'm the only one that gets up underneath this center. And I threw an interception and the person goes, so? Everybody throws interceptions. Don't worry about it. It's your job. And the other team that I left, well, let's just say the quarterback of that team wasn't as good as I was. Why? Because I was 6-0. and And the next six games, I'm 5-1 and with the new team. And the other team, the team that threw me out, is now 1-5 and in the games that I wasn't in. My team's in the playoffs. That team is now struggling. That team sucks now. My team wins the Super Bowl. And now the other team calls me back. Um, you know, I made a mistake. I didn't mean to throw you off the team. I was just, you know, I was just, just, just <laughs> and I'm going, I can't really hear you right now. We're having a party. Uh, I can't, I mean, don't turn on your television. So we're, we're at, I'm at the parade right now. I mean, why, what? You know, let me have my moment. I mean, I, I wish you well in, you know, in, in your future games, but I mean, I'm, I'm with a new team now and you know, my job's secure. I, I, don't, I don't have time to, <laughs> you know, have this conversation. I, I want to go hang out with my boys and, Drink the champagne and celebrate with the city. And there you go. That's what happened. Granted, I had to leave that team because she was crazy and started throwing stuff at me when one of the waitresses smiled at me too much. So I got the hell off the team because the broad was nuts. And, uh, you know, but but I still did win that Super Bowl. So hell, hell with y'all. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, did my analogy fall apart just there at the end did it kind of fall apart a little bit M messed it up a little bit show so what it was still good shut up but you know but you know it's the truth they're all very very similar NFL teams and relationships very very similar you know I'm telling the truth just make sure my friends that when you get with a team you know 
You research the team first because now you're a, you're a free agent at this point. You're a free agent, and it's up to you to decide which team you go to. You don't have you. This is not draft night. You're not a new. You're not a kid just coming out of college. You can't have somebody else telling you what team to go to. No, it's only it's up to you. You're a free agent. You dictate how much money you get from the team you go to. You dictate things. You tell them what to put in the contract. I'm not playing for the team unless this, 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 and this happens, and I want it in writing. It's up to you. You know? So, my friends, when you get signed by your next team, whatever team that is, make sure that you know for a fact that it's in writing that you are the starting quarterback for the team. Now, granted, in the NFL, you can't actually have a contract that says you're the starting quarterback for a team. And that's where the analogy falls apart. So I understand that. Shut up. But let's throw football to the side and get back to the relationships, damn it. Just make sure when you're dealing with whoever you're dealing with that you make sure you know what you're getting into. Let them know up front. I don't play that cheating crap. I'm not dealing with it. You do that. I'm done. I don't play the disrespect crap. You do that. I'm done. Other than that, we're good. And ever since I decided to do that and made that decision and tell people, listen, listen, hon, you know, we, you, know you wanted to get serious. You want to get serious in this relationship. All right. We're going to have to have a little talk because there are certain things that I'm not going to deal with. <clears throat> and that I'm not going to put up with, and I want to know the things that you're not going to deal with and, and you're not going to put up with. You know, we need to spell everything out right in the beginning so there's no surprises. So the other person can't say, but you didn't tell me. Oh, no, no, I told you. Because once you do that, it's all good. Because then if somebody violates that shit, you can just go, ha if you see page six, subsection seven, it said you can't be a crazy pay- person. You can't do it. You can't do it. And she goes, yeah, well, in subsection double F, why? You called me broad once earlier in this podcast, and you're not supposed to say broad. I was being facetious. I didn't mean to call you broad. I was making a point by being sexist playfully on purpose, you stupid fool. And you notice how I said fool, which, of course, isn't gender specific. I was just calling you a fool as an individual, not as a woman. I wasn't calling you a fool because you're a woman. I was calling you a fool because you're a fool. And then she shot me. Okay, none of that happened. (laughs) All I'm saying is, guys, you know, make sure that before you get in any kind of relationships, because half of them fail to begin with. Half of relationships turn into complete shit. You know, and the other half of them are kind of shitty. Okay, that's not really the ratio. But what I'm saying is, (laughs) what I'm saying is just be careful in all relationships, whether it's a romantic one or a friendship one. Spell everything out in the beginning. I know it sounds kind of cold to spell everything out like it's a business or some shit like that. But if you spell it out in the beginning, there's no confusion. I've told dude friends, listen, if you get drunk and you start getting in fights and getting your ass whooped, I'll, I'll, I'll protect you one time. Maybe two times I'll protect you. But if you continuously get into fights and start whooping people's asses and think, I'm going to protect your punk ass, I'm not putting myself in danger for you when you had a choice whether to act like that or not. No. No, 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 no. I'll protect you if you didn't initiate the problem, if you didn't do anything dumb. But if you go around pimp slapping kung fu experts and think I'm going to jump into the fight, you can go fuck yourself. Got to spell it out. And now I'm going to spell out my relationship with you, S-Pod Army. Uh, S- I'm going to start calling y'all the Sat-Pod Army. I'm going to start spelling out my relationship with you, Sat-Pod Army. Here's my relationship with you. Y'all st- keep being cool like you've been. And I'm going to keep being as weird as I am. And it's going to stay that way, damn it.
<laughs> Segment over. All right, you weird bastards. We're rolling down the street again, my friends. It's really weird, uh, you know. I mean, I think what's, what's really, really, really going to be weird is the whole simple fact that my entire 131st podcast is probably going to be recorded while I'm driving down the fucking street. <laughs> you know, or driving around. You know, last night I, I didn't have my recorder with me. Uh, I would it was, it was it was really funny because uh, I actually go to a friend's house and uh, we were just I was going to hang out with some friends because I was visiting them and I, I I drove a long way to get to these bastards. Right? I pull up. Hey, yes, yay! Oh, hey, he's here! Oh, hey, hey! I'm like, ah, oh, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate the reception. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave me that norm from Cheers type reception when I showed up. Because I was the one that was the furthest away. I show up. I didn't even get my damn jacket off. S.A. I'm thinking of, you know, going to get some hugs and, you know, high fives and all that kind of shit. Nope. Yeah, we ordered some Chinese food online. You want to go get it since you're already, uh, you know, you're already dressed? I'm like, well, none of y'all is naked. Yeah, but, you know, you just got out of the car. I figured, you know, since you were already driving three hours, I figured that you, at least you could do, you know, some I mean, not the least you could do, but you could go get the Chinese food. <laughs> we ordered stuff you like. Hey, you slick bastards. All right, I go. I go to get the Chinese food. I drive to the joint, and uh, and I'm, I'm carrying a whole lot of stuff. And none of these these punk asses one of these <laughs> came with me. It was no big deal. I get I got, I got food for like six people. I'm carrying it, right? So I'm, I'm walking out the Chinese food place. It's dark, but I'm you know I'm, I'm walking out. Guy walks up to me. Um, are you the delivery driver? Are you a delivery driver? And I'm thinking. Uh, and, and I realized I must look like the delivery driver. I mean, I am carrying stuff for six people. I am getting into a car that's parked directly in front of the Chinese food place. So I figured, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm not the delivery driver. So I go, no, no, I'm not delivery driver. I'm just taking this back you know, to my family. You know, it's not family, my friends, but you get the point. And he, he looked disappointed. And I'm trying to figure out why would you look this, would you ask somebody if they're the delivery driver and then look disappointed if they're not the delivery driver? And then I realized, now I know why. And I'm sitting there going, man, I have been out, I have been domesticated so far, so so much, that I that I didn't even pick up on what the hell was going on. And normally I don't let stuff like that slip, but I was still annoyed with the fact that these chumps had tricked me into getting the Chinese food when their lazy asses didn't want to come with me to carry it. The only reason, there's only two reasons to ask if a person is the delivery driver. The first is you're on a scavenger hunt and you need to find delivery drivers because you're, running, you're auditioning for the amazing race. And the other is you want to rob a delivery driver because you think they have cash. I think that guy was looking to rob a delivery driver. And it just so happens, unfortunately for his thieving soon, probably sometime later on thieving ass, is that I'm, I was a customer. Can't rob a customer. You know why? Because no one goes to the Chinese food store with anything but the money they need to get the stuff they're going to get, right? I mean, what was he going to do, rob me for what? For what? I wasn't carrying any money. And if I did have any money, it would have been on the way into the Chinese food store, the dumb bastard. I mean, seriously, nobody goes, you know, I'm going to go to the Chinese food store to get some Chinese food. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to carry an extra $700 on me. <laughs> it's not like anybody's going to rob me on the way out or anything. <laughs> no. You dumb bastard. He thought he was going to rob a delivery driver. (laughs) 
And I'm surprised that something like that slipped right past me. I'm, I'm normally, like I said, normally I pick up on those things and I wouldn't even allow that guy to get anywhere near me. But I was still so annoyed and distracted by the fact that I was uh, annoyed with my jackass friends tricking me into going to the damn Chinese food store. I'm sitting there going, you knew I drove, drove a long way, you bastards. And you're going to wait until I get there. Oh, well, since you're already here. No, when the person shows up after a long drive to see your punk asses, do you know what you do, you punk bastards? You go, you took, that was a long ride, S. And I appreciate you coming to hang out with us, your friends, essentially your family, because we've been friends for such a long time. Hear that pothole? Good God, I hate this. Um, long time. You know, you know what you should do? You should just sit down and chill, S machine. You should relax. You're probably tired from that long drive. And we've been sitting here this whole time doing nothing. And we're going to let you just relax. But no. These punk bastards tricked the S machine into getting Chinese food because they stink. Yeah, that's right. They stink. That's right. I said it. My friends stink. Okay, they're great people. But they stink when it comes to Chinese food places. That's right. I said it. And I meant it. And there's nothing that they can do about it. Of course, they're going to hear this when I put this on the podcast. And they're going to be like, hey, man, you told a whole bunch of people that we stink. Yeah, well, guess what? You do stink, you bastards. <laughs> okay, we're actually finally recording a segment that's not actually in the car. I'm actually sitting down in a, in a room now. <laughs> you know, because I guess it, most, of the, most of that episode that you probably heard before, the segment you heard before this, most of them will probably be recorded in the car, which is an interesting thing, because I was actually driving down the road, and a couple of times I was waiting for people to, uh, you know, and I figured since my record, since my uh, second recorder is in my pocket, why not record? You know, and you know, I, I was going to just stop at what was what was already done on the on the podcast. It was it was it's roughly around the length I like the podcast to be, but it was just something I wanted to talk about, and it really kind of annoyed me. I go to a pharmacist to pick up medicine for a relative, you know, and like I said, during the day, I I can do that. For the most part, of depending on you know if I'm I'm in town, people tell like if I if I start hanging out with some of my relatives in whatever city they're living in, because I'm I, I'm off during the day of course. Oh, would you mind going to get? Could you would you mind getting? Could you go? You're not doing anything. Could you go get? Could you get? Could you get? Could you get that? Could you? Be, oh yeah, whatever. Just don't give me any crap excuses. You know I'm available, so you want to annoy me with your dopey errands. What the hell? We're relatives. We're friends or whatever we are. Whatever our relationship is, not a problem. I'll go get your crap for you. So I go get pick up the medicine for this particular relative. No big deal. And I see these two people talking. And it's a it's an older lady and a younger guy. Guy, I don't know, he might be in his teens, early 20s. And the lady's a, you know, she's up there. You know what I mean? So she seems like one of those really nice people. You, 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 you over here talking. And her voice, you know, you, when you hear an older lady who seems like a sweetheart, you know, their, their voice just sounds great. You know, they just have that wonderful, sweet sound of their voice. And you just, you know, you just kind of smile when you hear them talk. You know, all you hear in the background is... It's like, it sounds like a, a nice old song that you hear on the radio. And, you know, you know whether it's your cup of tea or not, it's, it still kind of puts a smile on your face. And he's like, And so, you, you know, so I'm standing there. And as people start to file out, uh, uh, then their voices become something I can actually hear. So I overhear them talking. And she's talking about 
you know, she's she's basically giving him a, like a religious talk. And you really, you know, and church is a good thing for you. And you, he's like, yeah, yeah, she go back to the church, you know. Let me tell me about about your church. And she's talking, and I'm going, okay, so it's a little religious thing, no big deal. And she just seems like really sweet and charming. And even though I'm not going to church, it's nice to hear her, you know, give a nice little sweet, charming, whatever. And he's on the phone, and of course he's a young guy, so while he, she's talking to him, he's scrolling on the phone, and he see, something come about gay marriage pops up. And this sweet older lady who was just sitting there, and then, but then but her face hardens when he lets her know what he's reading. Oh, that. Uh. So now this angelic face got hard, and not evil, but hard. Not mean, but hard. The joy had washed off of her face and there was no love of humanity on her face anymore because it was there before. And he's like, yeah, you know, this is a pretty interesting thing. You know, uh, you know, baby, gay people are being able to get married. You know, I mean, you know, I don't know. You know, it is, you know. And she, and her voice goes from this to, listen, if God wanted that to happen, he would have made Adam, he made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And I'm telling you, the world. First of all, they need God and they're, they're desecrating God's language and God's law and they're wrong for it and they just need to stop it. They need to stop pretending that they're, they're into other people the same thing and they need to just stop it and they're wrong and they're going to go to hell and burn and die and destruction and death and think about that. Something that other people are doing that has nothing to do with this particular individual all of a sudden turn her voice from something that was wonderful to something that was hard and mean and nasty for no particular reason. I didn't understand why this happened. And she's sweet on to say something stupid. I'm going to, uh, sorry, I'm, uh, while I'm talking to you, what I'm going to do is there's a phone in this room and I'm going to make sure that I turn the damn ringer off because sometimes when I'm talking, because I don't feel like I'm not editing shit. <laughs> I'm just turning the ringer off. Anyway, so she's talking about the you know the gay marriage, and she's being, and then we need to stop doing it, and it's desecrating God's law, and it's wrong, and just just, just no, and it shouldn't be happening. And, and and then she says something real, you know, and the world see the world was going along fine, but that's why the world is the way it is right now, because as soon as they start letting these gay people get married and and ruining the church and ruining the world, it's just disgusting and wrong. And I'm sitting there listening to it, and I'm going, so the world just started being a big mess when gay people started getting married. That So everything was perfect before that. The entire world was just utopia. There was the nectar of the gods. Everything was ambrosia. There was no problems in the world. War, I don't even know what that is. Let me look it up. Oh, that, oh, it's not even a real word. It's a word in a comic book for something about a conflict of armed conflict between countries. And since that's never happened, <laughs> obviously it's one of these wonderful, wonderfully stupid made-up words. That, that could never happen. There's never been any wars? What are you talking about? Racism? That's never happened. There was never any slavery. There was never any of these other kind of things that went on. Of course not. What are you talking about? None of these things happen. Huh? Women not having the right to vote? That never happened. What are you talking about? Huh? Religious persecution? The Crusades? Never happened. Religious war? What are you talking about? Everything was great. There was no conflict. There were no problems. There was no civil rights movement. None of that happened. None of that. Manifest destiny. None of, oh, well, you know, Indian, Native Americans 
which were called Indians because the person who gave them a name was a moron. What are you talking about? There's nothing, nothing was wrong until a couple of few years ago when gay people got the right to be married. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. You know, and you would figure someone who was that age wouldn't know better. You were around for Vietnam, and you were around for the Korean War, and you were around for the civil rights struggle, and you were around for a lot of these things that happened in the world that were horrible things that happened that we should concentrate on stopping, preventing, and not allowing to happen again. You were around when polio, (laughs) when polio was a major concern, not like now when it's Ebola. You were around before there was a cure for polio when polio was scaring people. That's how old this lady is. And she's sitting there talking to this young guy who's impressionable, apparently, and telling him all of this ridiculousness, spreading the bullshit and the hate of people that have nothing to do with you. What difference does it make if gay people get married? Why would that bother you? Well, if gay people get married, it's going to ruin the church. Really? Gay people getting married is going to ruin the church? So preachers, preachers and pastors stealing money and banging half of the congregation is not going to, didn't destroy the church? And priests banging boys in the ass that didn't destroy the church? And all these other things that went wrong didn't destroy the church? But two people getting married that have nothing to do with your life at all, that's going to destroy the church. Come on. It doesn't make sense to be part of a larger group that kisses, that spits down and pisses down on a smaller group. It doesn't make you stronger. It doesn't make you look better. It doesn't help anything. Because the mindset that allows you to piss down on a smaller group that you're more powerful than or that you believe yourself to be more powerful than, that mindset is horrible. <clears throat> Excuse me. It doesn't matter uh, uh, what the target is. Now, granted, people will go, well, civil rights with gay people is the same as civil rights with black people. There are similarities. It's a smaller group being oppressed by a larger group. There are differences also. You can't come out of the closet as a black guy. I've never had this conversation. Listen, uh, guys, I want to get you all together. It's Anthony, what's the problem? Uh, I really, see, I've been hiding something from all of you. Uh, Don't know how I'm going to say this. Um, I've been hiding this from you for a long time now. I've even hid this from my mom. Uh, Oh, God. Uh, Let me get myself together. Oh, let me stretch it a little bit. Left, right. Uh, a couple of twists. Here we go. Guys. I'm a black dude. What are you saying? I'm sorry. I should have told you. Never happened. <laughs> you know, it's the, the idiocy of that. And then the other thing that annoys me is, you know... People thinking that gay people getting married is going to ruin marriage and somehow gay people getting married is going to ruin other people's marriages. The only way people, a gay guy getting married is going to ruin your marriage is if he marries your husband or a lady that marries your wife. That's it. But if two gay people marry each other, it has nothing to do with you. It's not going to wreck your wedding. It's not going to wreck anyone else's wedding. You will never, ever, ever hear this. And I now pronounce you man and beep, beep, beep. Hold on, i got to check my... Hold on a second. Some gay dudes got married. Okay, this wedding's off. What are you talking about? The wedding's off. We're almost about... No, no, don't you know the rules, damn it. If a gay couple gets married, we have to cancel at least 10 to 15 straight weddings. And unfortunately, you're one of the straight weddings that has to get canceled. But it's okay. 
It's not permanent. You can put your your name into a lottery, and uh, every three years, one person out of 300 of the straight people who are getting married at the same time as the gay people, you have an opportunity to maybe get married at some point in the future. Don't blame me, damn it. Blame the gay people getting married. Didn't you realize it was going to be a problem that gay people get married? Didn't you know what the consequences were? And that sounds stupid, doesn't it? Of course it does but not more, any more dumb than thinking that somebody else getting married someplace else, whether it's a civil union or marriage, whatever it is, is going to affect you. It doesn't matter, man. Don't worry about what somebody else is getting married. It's none of your fucking business. Mind your business. My main thing is I just don't care. And my thing is, essentially, if two consenting adults want to do something, let them do it if it's not hurting anybody else. And I don't think this is, I know for a fact it isn't hurting, hurting anybody else. Now, I may be extra sensitive to, to this subject because I have people in my life that are homosexuals. I have gay relatives, gay friends, gay co-workers, gay this, gay that. I know a lot of gay people. And I know it's cliche to go, well, I know some gay people. Well, I happen to know a lot of gay people. I've lived in San Francisco. I've lived in New York. I've lived in Los Angeles. I've lived in Philadelphia. I've lived in a whole bunch of different cities. Met a whole lot of gay people. And you know what the difference between gay people and straight people is? Here's a secret. The only difference is who they're fucking that's it that's it other than that there's no difference so shut up leave people alone you wouldn't want a larger group of people going hey whatever you are we're going to stop you from doing things that everyone else who's an adult that contributes to society and that is a sentient being everything that they can do for some reason we're going to stop you from doing it even though it has no effect on our lives whatsoever except for the fact that we have power to oppress you that's the only way it affects us we can we can mess with you because you know other people are messing with us but we're going to mess with you because it makes us feel better to stomp on someone who's who's weaker than us or a smaller group than us because we're complete douchebags it's a dumb debate. And as I sat there and watched this older lady who uh, reminded me of my grandmother, I sat there and going, don't you remember what it was like when someone stopped you from doing the things that you should have been able to do as a, as a human being when they tried to stop you from having your rights? Didn't it feel horrible? Didn't you look at the other people and realize that they were able to do things that you couldn't do, and the only reason they could, you couldn't do the things they were doing was because they had more power than you did? There was more of you more of them than you and you felt horrible because something that should have been natural to natural for you to have and do and be was taken away from you for no reason than for the way you were born it's kind of the same thing for them not exactly the same thing because like i said i look at you i can tell you're an african-american woman you can't look at somebody and just go well that person's gay you can't do it so it's it, there's a difference there but the pain of being denied something because somebody else doesn't agree with you or like you or think that or because they're different than you, the pain's very, very similar. Not exactly the same, but similar. Why would you want that for somebody else? Why would you even think about doing that to somebody else? Why would you allow those thoughts in your mind? See, a lot of times when we see people that discriminate against someone else, it's we always think in terms of the loud, aggressive, mean, overtly mean person. You ain't nothing but a bunch of, and then you throw in the epithet or the disgusting derogatory term. 
That's a person who's poisoned, and the poison is apparent. The poison has the, the skull and crossbones on it. And even though those people are dangerous, you can see them coming. It's better to see a punch coming. Because even if it hits you, you can move, you can block it. There's a glancing blow. You can prepare yourself for it, or you can defend yourself against it. That poison is poison you can see. But the people that are more dangerous and more damaging to society are the people who take the poison and mix it with sugar. Because this lady was saying exactly the same thing, the most homophobic, disgusting person you could even think of. Somebody that even you couldn't even put on one of those ridiculously racist cable news channels. They wouldn't even allow this person to say this kind of stuff on there. They would not allow it because they're like, listen, we're racist and all that kind of stuff. But that guy's just too, too overt and blatant with it. And we need to not have that on there because it'll make us look like assholes. But the stuff she was saying was essentially the same stuff. It was the same thing. She was saying the same thing, except it was in this voice. Yeah, it's the same poison, but it's mixed with sugar, so it goes down easy. doesn't seem so mean. It's more palatable to the people who can be influenced by a sweet voice. But it's the same. doesn't matter if the rat poison tastes like ass or if the rat poison tastes like uh, a, a fucking Hershey's chocolate bar. It's still rat poison. And you got to not give it to people. And more importantly than not giving it to people, you got to get it out of yourself because it is, in fact, poison. Doesn't matter what it's wrapped in. So when I left the place with my my, uh, my relatives, Madison, I just thought, man, I'm actually literally, I came in here to get something that's going to help heal somebody that I love. And while I was waiting for something that's going to go and heal someone, I actually sat there and I watched the conversation of someone who was actually giving something to someone that is going to poison them. They're going to be a different person if they believe the stuff that that lady was saying. They're going to be not going to be the kind of person that they could be because there's going to be a little bit of hate there, a little bit of discrimination there, a little bit of poison there. Now this person may grow up and later go, wow, that was some really stupid crap that lady told me. But there's also the chance that, and the good chance that, that the poison is going to seep in. We just got to make sure this, as a society, as, as people, we can't spread poison, man. If you're going to give something to somebody else, give them medicine, give them nourishment, give them love, give them good ideas. But don't spread that shit. Don't spread that shit. Well, cats and kitties, dudes and dudas, that has been this episode of the S. Anthony Says Podcast, also known as S. Anthony Says. I want to thank you guys very, very much for hanging out with me for this hour and whatever length I decide to make this one. <laughs> it's going to be around an hour or so. But whatever the length, thank you for giving me that amount of your time this week. And I want to thank you guys for uh, all the listens and the, all the new people. I want to thank you guys, too. Uh... I am everywhere, damn it. If you want to listen to this podcast, the home base, of course, is santhonysays.podbean.com. I'm also on Stitcher Radio and TuneIn Radio and iTunes. And for those of you that have donated to the podcast financially, thank you. Much love to you. To those of you that, those of you that wish to, um, you cannot do it at Stitcher, TuneIn, and iTunes. Yes, I am still getting those email. If you're going to do that, the only place you can do it is at santhonysays.podbean.com. But more importantly than anything else, the most important thing is to keep listening to me every week and to reblog and to retweet me, my friends, and to tell your friends 
I really appreciate those of you that have done that. I appreciate everybody that's listening. Much love to every single last one of you. Uh, the email address is the S. Anthony says podcast at gmail.com. I will see you cats and kitties, dudes and dudettes next week. Thank you for everything. And I do mean everything. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it. S. Anthony out.